Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Welcome to another episode of Doing It My Way. I'm Chris Polis with Pat Prashini here. Hello. We're joined here tonight by a super successful guy who's been in the um, housing people business probably somewhere around 45 years. And he will go through it, but uh, uh, James Mahoney. Jim Mahoney, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for hey, having Jim, me. Hey, Jim. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming. My pleasure. So we jump right in it. Uh, where were you born? I was born in Los Angeles and uh, raised in Orange County. Moved to uh, Tustin in 1960 when I was seven years old. So from then on, I've been an Orange County boy. Got it. You remember anything about L.A.? Uh, we actually lived in the valley in Sepulveda, so it was back in those days when, you know, it was pretty suburban. Pretty suburban. What would what, your folks do? Uh, my dad, uh, my mom was a housewife, and my dad uh, managed a moving and storage uh, district, and then that's, he opened a new office down in uh, Tustin for Lion Moving and Storage in 1960, so I moved down here, and he did that most of his uh, career. Man, we were storing shit back then. Storage? Storage. Yeah, storage wow. and moving, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought that was a, a relatively new growth sector. <laughs> big, big business. Uh, so when you were, when you, L.A., you, you get back, you get down to Orange County. Um, that's what, seven, you're seven, that's what, kindergarten, first grade? Some, uh, second, like, second grade, yeah. Second grade. Uh, were you a good student? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, what was it? What was your what was your subject of choice? You, remember? Um, you know, science and math were probably my subjects going all through high school, even so. Got it. And um, you you went all school in Tustin? No, I actually went to uh, I went to a parochial school in Tustin called Saint Cecilia's, and then I went to Modern Day High School in uh, Santa Ana. For oh four yeah, years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Modern Day still school. there? Is the is the parochial school school still there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Saint Cecilia's at the. I guess it's the west end of Tustin. We're near the uh, Lighter Than Air Base. Yep. Yeah, just off of Red Hill and Sycamore. Oh, cool. So, so ba- mo- a lot of those are gone. A lot of them are gone. Yeah. True. Uh, and what what did what did you do as a kid? What do you remember doing in, uh, Orange, in Orange County, where it was real oranges? <laughs> real oranges. That's true. The fifty five freeway yeah. wasn't there. The five stopped in El Toro. Things like that. Um, you know, school, uh, I played baseball a lot. That was my sport of choice. And, um, you know, just played with the neighborhood kids. You used to go play in the street. And, you know, if it was football season, you played football. If it was basketball, you played basketball and stuff like that. Yeah, you, cool. you get arrested or you do anything bad? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm probably afraid of being arrested. So I usually have <laughs> a rule follower, even to the point of extreme, I think, sometimes. <laughs> and did you, did you in high school, as, as you're starting to go, did you, did you have jobs? Did you work? Uh, yeah, I worked. actually started working uh, at the back end of the moving and storage place when I was actually underage, you know, like 13 and 14, breaking down boxes and odds and ends. And then when I was, as soon as I was 16, I got a job. Uh, Actually, at McDonald's in uh, in Orange, and so I worked there uh, literally uh, until I was probably my sophomore year of college, and then cool. I also worked in the summers on the trucks because you could really make good money moving furniture. So did that once I got. What, what do you remember from like your takeaways from working at McDonald's? Uh, it was a great training, you know. Yeah, it really I th- was. I think I it's mean, one of those jobs. That was a proper job then, know, right? It, it, it was would, like a wasn't a frowned upon. Were you there for the rollout of the egg McMuffin? No, that was after me. The Big oh. Mac was, was the rollout as such. But they were very well organized. You know, they had Golden State Foods that, that they owned that brought all the food. The training program was great. I actually ended up being a, a manager there. 
Um, never went back to you know McDonald's University or anything, but uh, very well done. It really gave but, you but a good like, sense. But uh, like, if if that was seen on your resume, it was a good thing. Yes, because of the training, because of what was going on, right? Certainly. Instead yeah. of now, it, it it has morphed into a oh, you can't get a job, go work right. at McDonald's, go, go flip burgers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's a it's a frowned upon job. Or yeah, a, and it shouldn't yeah. be because of the stuff you learn. My daughter worked at Starbucks from fifteen to twenty one or something like mm-hmm. that, and I actually talked to a recruiter, and he said, "Dude, if I see Starbucks on a on a resume, I'm talking to that person, sure, because they know how to deal with people, they know fast pace, they know multitasking, they know yeah. a bunch of things that a lot of kids You're don't right. know." It was very great training, without a doubt. So. What was your sandwich of choice? Uh, double hamburger. Double hamburger. Yeah, you make go. your own. Quarter pound. You quarter pound. Quarter pounder with cheese. <laughs> and it's like too plain, and I and I'd put French fries in it. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I didn't. I got in a little bit of trouble in high school. So. Uh, I want to back up a little bit. Uh, did your dad own the storage place? No, no. It was a uh, corporation line moving in storage that ultimately uh, sold to a Transamerica corporation back in the seventies, late seventies, because Transamerica kind of wanted to be the all things to all people. They bought United Artists for Entertainment. They mm. bought, uh, I think they owned Hertz or something at the time, and they thought moving in storage will move people in, and then they obviously had the financial and insurance Good old conglomerate. Services. Right. So, so was your dad like the manager? Or he was a, uh, when Transamerica bought, he was, he was the local manager for Orange County because uh, they had one branch there, and then when Transamerica bought, he became the Western Regional Manager. So when you, when you were hired, was that when he was running the local local branch yes okay so and and he, did he tell you hey man you got to get a job or did you know you had to get a job or you know you wanted to get a job i think the latter too i mean you know it's I, my whole family and even with my own kids now is you know you're going to work you know you're going to get out and no one's going to hand you anything and mm-hmm. nothing wrong with working hard and it teaches you a lot of things and you make money to pay for the things you want so um there's a combination you know i think there was an expectation that i would work but uh but they didn't push in any particular area. But it was like, okay, summer. What are we doing this summer? You know, you're going to get a job, or well, you know, or you it, just it just happened. You know, when I was yeah. when I was you know old he, enough, he didn't have to tell legally. you. He didn't yeah. have to tell you because you did it. Yeah. And yeah. You know, you want a car someday, you should start saving money towards it. So. Got it. Well, Got what it. was your first car? My first car uh, was a 1966 four-door Mercury Comet. My dad had, uh, uh, what he basically did was for my older brother, who was five years older, is he had a car that he was driving, and when he you know, got old enough and had the money, he sold it to him at a discount. So my brother got a 62 Falcon Futura, which he cherried out and made really kind of neat. And then I got the 66, uh, you know, Comet. Caliente, and which was not a chick magnet at all. So. <laughs> was that automatic? It was an automatic, was. yeah, you know, and had, had uh, after factory air conditioning, you know, right at the center where a girl would sit, things like that. So. It a blocker. <laughs> and an, yeah. uh, an automatic wasn't sexy then, right? No. <laughs> is, it, is it now? I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, don't think, I don't think my kids know how to drive a stick, right? Well, yeah, but it's, uh, it's not referred to as sexy. But it, but it, uh, like having an automatic or having a stick, 
you know, people would be like, oh, he's got a stick shift. Well, the problem with a sedan then, it made it even more of a family car. So it was more of a sedan. So it was more of not a chick magnet. Yeah. This is this is four doors. You yeah, know, this it's is, not a it's this not the is, hard top. You had center columns. You know, it was. I mean, it wasn't a bad looking car, but it certainly wasn't the thing that that the other kids were driving. You know, souped yeah. up Dodge. Chargers. Everybody wasn't like, oh shit, look at Mahoney's car. <laughs> <laughs> so it, so true. you start high school at Modern Day. Yes, sir. Um, what's Modern Day like then? Because I, I think, you know, as a sports fan and as a local guy here, I, I've, and I didn't go to Modern Day, but I've heard about Modern Day, sure. right? And it is a, you know, it's a, a big time. It's a big time factory for students, athletes, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, I can't, obviously, I read the same things you guys do in the papers about their sports teams and whether it's, you know, state championships for basketball mm-hmm. or state championships for football or whatever and baseball as well. Um, when I went there, uh, Modern Day had been a football power and had gone to CIF. They did not go to CIF in the four years I went there. We mm. were not good. Do you, Never, think that, do you think that was your fault? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only played one year of football, and I, I concentrated on baseball. But, um, you know, I mean, the, the time back then, the sports weren't emphasized. I mean, when I played baseball, it was hand-me-down uniforms that didn't match things like that. We practiced on basically a bunch of grass that was just out in the field. There was no trim diamond, no sports, you know, facility or what have you. And, and, um, you know, let's just come on over time. It did turn out, you know, really well-respected students back then and still does, still does obviously. And that's the attraction of that school to me. But, um, you know, now it's become, you know, USC junior, you know, just by virtue of the fact that it's so, so successful. Their facilities are probably better than most little colleges. Most colleges. Oh, for their, their program, their football program is a, a full on, you know, Juco division one feeder program. Right. Sure. Um, so you're, um, I'm assuming still a good student. Yes, sir. And you graduate what year? Uh, 1971. So 1971, you graduate. What do you do then? I went to college, went to UC Irvine. Oh, so you stayed home. Stayed, stayed home. home. Stayed, stayed local. Home, stayed local. Yeah. Oh, cool. Did and, you live and, at home? And too young. I, too young for Vietnam. Uh, not until my sophomore year. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Sophomore year, we had uh, had the draft lottery. Oh. So, and I was fortunate to get a very high number that year. Which, you know, had I been drafted, I would have served. It would have been honored to serve. But I got a high number, so I stayed right. in school. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I did stay at home for the was, four years. Was that was that edgy times? As far as like your number and where you are and oh, what you're doing, and sure, was, you know yeah, exactly some, where you were when you when they announced the numbers. When yeah, told them. Yeah, I was in organic chemistry lab and walked out to see what the numbers were. Everybody, oh shit! Really did. Oh yeah, yeah. You, uh, I, had, I had friends who were you know like in the low fifties and sixties, and uh, fortunately for them that you know they stopped drafting you know right before them, but they had taken physicals and they were on their way. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I thought I thought that was I thought sixty seven. Yeah, and I also thought that if you were in college, they weren't pulling you out. No, they they you know the abandoned end? the two S. I think it was deferment, student deferment. They abandoned that mm-hmm. when they started the lottery, and then from then it was strictly a matter of what your number was. Oh wow. shit! Well, do you remember what your number thing. was? Yeah, three hundred and nineteen. <laughs> How about that? Oh shit! Yeah. So that's, that's, that's powerful, right? That's that's a that's a staying moment in your in your in your world in your life. Like, oh, geez. Well, well, certainly. And my brother had served in Vietnam, so uh, oh, cool. unfortunately, he had uh, served and come back all in one piece and things like that in '68 uh, and '69. So you know, I I had a sense of what it what it was, but um, mm-hmm. you know, I had other plans. Literally affected everybody, whether you're drafted or not, right? 
yeah, yeah families absolutely. and all of that and, and what was going on in that time. Uh, what was your major in, in, at UC Irvine? Uh, I actually was a pre-med student. I was a biology major. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. We've had a, a, a few. Well, we've had a few say they had to take organic chemistry and they quit school or they stopped. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but or, or, yeah, or, we've had a, a, a few, no doctor. Well, we had one doctor. Yeah. Uh, a few pre-med guys or pre-biology majors. So, you, so, did it come natural to you, Jim? Uh, certain parts of it did. Some did, and some didn't. You know, it was the math not, came natural. The math came more naturally. The science. Some. It really depended to me on who the uh, lecturer was. You know, you'd be in a 400 student lecture hall, and some of the classes you'd sit there and think they're speaking Chinese to mm-hmm. you, and other ones would settle right in, and you go, "Okay, I got it." Funny. And uh, so, you know, I was, a, I was continued to be a good student, not as... Were you, were you excited and intrigued studying this, or were you going through the motions, or what were you I, doing? I think most uh, the pre-med students back then were focused on getting to medical school, mm-hmm. and you weren't focused on the learning, you were focused on the grades, because at that point in time, everything was the early days of computers going through applications and... You know, if your you GPA wasn't at a certain level, or your you know your your MCAT test score wasn't a certain level, you never even got an interview. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just about out. And you know, the year I applied to medical school, there were 150 applicants for every spot, and basically everybody who got taken was had a 4.0 out of four. Mm-hmm. You know, and were you were you uh, thinking about medical school? Was that the oh, track? That was my end, end game. Yeah, and I think a lot. And of how the come? How did you start thinking that way, or what was putting you in that direction? Uh, you know, I think the everybody can can become enamored of you know a doctor and the healing people, and you know I try to be somewhat empathetic, so uh, it seemed to fit at that stage, and um, you know, so I kept pursuing it, and from that standpoint, mm-hmm. D- did you? Uh during those those four years um when you when you realized yeah you got good grades but when you realized that hey i'm not going to go to med school was it were you crushed disappointed or did you go to med school uh no i didn't go to med school and uh i don't think anyone likes getting 13 rejection letters from medical schools um, okay. <laughs> yeah not a highlight i didn't frame those <laughs> um should have saved them but, but you know i'm a real pragmatic person that takes whatever I'm dealt and moves on type of thing so uh, so basically for uh, for one year I was reapplying to medical school and I was actually had investigated uh, Guadalajara Monterey Italy yeah and places to go foreign wise and um, and then I changed course did you, did you, were you working at the, were you at McDonald's during your college? Is that where you were working or where uh, were you for, First couple of years. And then after that, I would just worked at the moving and storage business because you could work weekends doing things and summer you'd make real good money. So you could put enough away for the, for the school year. Yeah. So uh, one year out of school, you, you applied and you realized, okay, you know what? I'm going to pivot. What, what, what's that step? Well, it, I did. What happened was I actually took a temporary job with a construction company and uh, that my brother had gotten me because he was working in that same company. And it was just a clerical job, and I, you know, just to pay the bills and earn money while I was reapplying because I had my degree. I didn't need to take any more classes. Um, then I got to like the business, and I just looked at, you What know, were they building? Uh, we did a lot of commercial and industrial uh, in Orange County in particular, but we also did churches and schools. And are they still around? Uh, no, they're not, yeah. which is part of the reason I got into a different career. But 
<laughs> that's later. Um, so I, I sat there and said, I like this business. I like the people. You know, I'm, you know, I'm really climbing a steep curve to, you know, become a doctor. And, you know, it's four more years plus residency and internship and all this kind of stuff. And, and I had just gotten married and said, you know, I like this business. Why don't I see if they'll let me stay? And they did. And so I stayed there and kind of worked my way up the food chain for, you know, 14, 15 years. What was that okay. business called? Pardon me? What was that business? That was called J.A. Stewart Construction Company. And we also had uh, Stewart Development Company where we did actually the real estate development for in-house, um, you know, to own. And so you were, you were building residential and commercial? No residential. The, we had an affiliate that did that. Okay. So, yeah. but, so you were just involved in the commercial aspect. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what you guys build? Uh, where, I'm anything, sorry. anything that's still around? You oh, sure, yeah. The the post office facility up on uh, up off of uh, Fairview. It's yeah, about thirteen million dollar facility. We built that. We built the f- office building, the corner of Seventeenth and Irvine, right here, right here. Oh, this, the tall one. The tall one. We built yeah. that. Yeah. The le- the only and last yeah. tall one. Yeah, yeah it's the last. Exactly. Tall. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, they, oh, cool. there was some so, sort of moratorium after that. You can't build more than a couple stories. Or yeah, something. something like that. So, yeah, so, so when my wife is sidebar, when my wife. Uh, first sort of started her her jewelry business she was in that building mm-hmm. she yeah, got her first her yeah. first space was yeah like her a, first space was, like was, a, in was like, like a, a co-op right yep yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah in that building yeah oh, so, cool so things like that a lot of industrial buildings for you know some of the developers around here type of thing as well and where did you guys live uh, we lived in San Clemente moved to San Clemente in 76 except for a couple of years in uh, Colorado because we tried that uh, been in San Clemente ever since Okay. San Clemente pretty sleepy back then? Yes, definitely. It was, uh, you know, predominantly just a downtown area. There was no 73, right? Oh, no, there was no 73. No. <laughs> <laughs> there was no 241. That's there was like, no 73. That's like, that came about when I moved here. Yeah, right? that's new. Yeah, it was predominantly a beach town at that stage, with, which, which is a nice community because it had the military aspect of it, which is down to earth. You had kind mm-hmm. of the surfer dude mentality. Then you had retirement people down. It had chosen San Clemente and then just the suburban family stuff as well. So it was a nice community. And, and you drove to is. Irvine. You drove, were you uh, in the Irvine? The construction company was in Westminster, just at Golden okay. West in the 405. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, what, what, walk us sort of that tr- from uh, office clerk to, where'd, where'd you get yeah, to? I went that? into the estimating side of the business, which was another good training because it's very disciplined that when you look at putting a price together on a building, you have to account for every board, every nail, every brick, every piece of it, and, you know, then add it all up. And, and you learned on the job, or you on were, the job, you were yeah. trained? Yeah, or learned, learned on the job. I took a couple classes at Long Beach State, but they, again, they were more theoretical than practical. So and, uh, and they were, internally, they were helpful in making sure you were successful. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. they spent the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, so. did, did, your math, did your math skills help? Like, were you, like, really good at math at that time where you could yeah i'll say more when we say math my strength is probably arithmetic you know mm-hmm. there the numbers in my head are, are pretty quick, quick. so right? for so looking could... at things and saying well this doesn't make sense or not or whatever is probably one of my one of my only strengths but um so that that did come in handy there so sure. the, you, so that like i always think that there's a lot of times those abilities all of a sudden they start manifesting, right? You're good at math, good at math in your head. And now you're in construction and now you're doing, you're, math you're quoting, right? Okay, well, right. we got to get 16 pallets of wood times, you know, 650 nails. What does that look like? <laughs> you're doing that in your head and you're like, right. no, the bid should be 14,000 bucks. Exactly. Yeah. 
And people are looking at you like, what the fuck? Right, they're pulling out their HP. Yeah. Saying, Wait yeah. a minute, let, me, like, let no. me check your math. Yeah. What's, so. the, what's the number look like? I call Mahoney. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what I did, and then I got into project management after that. Where, where you, were you making money? Yeah. Were you just getting paid? Like, or did you think, whoa, shit, this is nice. I'm, I'm, oh, know, no, no. I mean, we were probably it's underpaid. 1978, and I'm making some. Oh, no, no, just, just average. I mean, yeah, it sure beats. McDonald's, you know, but the uh, reality <laughs> of it was, it's, you know. Okay, you're not going out and buy a Trans Am. No, 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 no. You're, you're living, you know. So you're, make, you're making a, li- a nice living. Yeah. Uh, and that, what's, that business gets sold, bought out, they go, what happens? It's, it's, it's a long story. Over the course of time, I worked my way up, and I was actually ended up being president of the company, but we had a, a family partner that uh, uh, basically helped finance the business who had some own financial troubles of his own. Mm-hmm. So the business basically ended in 1990 as a result of, uh, of his financial troubles, and um, just one of those things that happened. So, and then, of course, about that time is when, you know, Orange the Recession hit. World hit. So, yeah, world exactly. The so, they, yeah, it would have gone down, you know, would have struggled any way you look at it. It's just a matter of timing. We might have been one of the first ones out. So, it just, you know, it happened. And then what do you do? So, then like, that, sorry. I'm sorry. That day happens. Yeah. Right? When you're like, oh, shit, business is gone. What yes. do you do? You get in your car, you drive home, and you tell your wife, like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're president, you're trying to keep some things together, but basically that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, we had some uh, financing that was supposed to come uh, through uh, a source and didn't. And uh, so we went from thinking we, you know, we're going to be moving along to, oh, oh, we got to send everybody home with severance. And checks. you have to let everybody yeah. go. Yeah. That sucked. Yeah, it's not, not my favorite day. Yeah, so you remember that day. That's a, that, like, you had to go tell everybody, and then you had to go home and tell your wife. Kids at the time? Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah right in it. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, you know, like nine and eleven or something like that. Yeah. No, that's yeah. not. Right. That's You're a like, terrible. Hey, Dad's gonna be home tomorrow yeah. and the next day and the next day. Yeah. Hey, you, you want to yeah. watch a Brady Bunch tomorrow? Yeah. That's a terrible. Yeah. That's a terrible conversation. Yeah. yeah. I know that conversation. That's yeah. a terrible conversation. <laughs> there there were like, better ones. Yeah. Hey, mom. Why is dad here? So what? What do you do? You so, wake up the next day. Yeah, you wake up the next day. We still we had a couple of projects we owned that I managed to before we you know made deals with lenders to take them back and things. So I kept busy managing those, collecting rents, paying bills, things like that. But then I started looking for a uh, a different industry, candidly, because of how bad real estate was in, in Southern California. And I had uh, some friends, or basically. Uh, an insurance broker uh, for the company who called up and said, my dad and I and some others are starting a reverse mortgage business, which is a product specifically for seniors who own their own homes. And uh, we all, all the guys who are founding it basically have their own businesses selling life insurance or other things. And we need someone to basically run the company. Would you be interested? So, you know, it's real estate related, it's mortgages, it's, you know, all the things that are kind of common to most of us. And, uh, and I looked at the demographics of the senior population and said, great, I'm in. So, How many companies were like that? How many reverse mortgage companies? There were probably, as far as actual companies, that was before the FHA introduced its own product, and there were probably three, maybe four life insurance companies and at most that provided products that they designed and offered. Uh, were, they, were they called that as well? Or did they call it something else? No, they were called reverse mortgages. Yeah. There was uh, an insurance company, Capital Holdings, uh, somebody else out of New Jersey. There's one in South But Carolina. it was in its infancy. In infancy. You know, and if you had an idea for a product, you had to go raise capital for it, which is what we did, candidly, for two and a half years. And didn't you have to 
teach everybody what the product was? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, was that the biggest challenge? Without a doubt. Still is today. Is no education. Bad, but if they get their head around it, then they're like, oh, shit, I get it. Yeah, exactly. But getting to that point, especially when no, so now everybody's heard about it and everyone still questions it and tries to figure it out. So back then it had to be like teaching them Latin or something. Pretty much. It was, uh, you know, for those of us who are good at math, and we spent a couple of years before we actually got into business, so we were trying to raise uh, mortgage capital for our product, because all there were were proprietary products, and there was no off-the-shelf mortgage, reverse mortgage product from the government. And, um, you know, we do all the spreadsheets, we knew the numbers, we knew the facts and everything, and the first time you go sit in front of a 75-year-old and try to explain it, you suddenly realize, oh, crap, we don't know how to explain this to a 75-year-old, mm -hmm. you know? And so we had to evolve, you know, our process. And this is 1990? It's 91? 1993. 93 was when we actually got <laughs> okay. into business. It took three years to get into business. Okay, so 93. But you knew you had something. I mean, Yeah, you, if you, I mean, you look... I mean, any, any kind of conservative math with the demographics for home equity and seniors says you can retire very quickly, which wasn't the case, but uh, you sure got enthused about the opportunity compared to, you know, Southern California real estate that's, you know, falling into the tank. Right. And it's so funny. I was back east, newly married, and I was a kid. But to hear now, after living here so long, that, that Southern California real estate was bad and everyone didn't know that it was gold forever and then it, there was some shit properties it's unbelievable it's, crazy. it's yeah, unbelievable it's crazy. And, and orange county was in bankruptcy at that time and the earthquake had just hit up in san francisco yeah. so all of a sudden the people who have money which are usually east coast based are saying california is falling into the ocean both literally and figuratively right so right pull, it was, it was hard out. to raise money and, and, and i think wasn't good that lesson to learn though because next time that happens it's not true now it's was, just a it's a it's a blip wasn't japan they were just starting to buy, right? In the mid, mid no 90s? late late eighties, Japan was buying everything like Pebble okay, Beach. and then they pulled. 30, then they pulled. And then they pulled, and that's right. what that's what helped exacerbate right. exactly. this whole yeah. thing. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. It. yeah. Late eighties, yeah. they were paying ridiculous prices for any class A for Ferraris, yeah, for real estate, for everything. So, yes. so uh, classic Ferraris in the late eighties went by the boatload to Japan for crazy, crazy multiples. And then when the market tanked, all those cars came back. <laughs> I mean, the only people to make out were the transport people because yeah. they're shipping them both ways. Well, that's true about real estate is that the people who always make the money are the, are the conduits, which are basically the brokers, you know, because yeah. they're selling land and things to people when, they're, when it's going well and they're basically managing and for the banks and stuff when things go bad. So, yeah. yeah. And, and did you, in those three years as you're building this, you're, you're, you're making still a living? Barely, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, okay, so you're like, okay, but it, I, I'm feeling something. So 93 goes, you, your first, do you remember your first sale? Do sure. You really? Walk us through that. Uh, it was actually, uh, we, we ended up getting our mortgage capital from a union-owned life insurance company called Union Labor Life Insurance Company, and they wanted the first borrower to be a union member, uh, and so we found a nice gentleman who was 67 years old, I think he was in Las Vegas, now he's in California. Take that back. And um, you know he became our first borrower, so he was kind of your poster child for, you know, doing it. I think he took the money and went to Las Vegas. He's the <laughs> we, don't, we don't tell too many people, but uh, he's the proof. Of, he's, he's the yeah, proof of concept dead now. Yeah. It's okay. Well, the act, you know, I mean, the point is, you know, at that age, because I'm 68 now, I was like, I don't want someone to tell me what to do with my money. If I want to go to Las Vegas, right. I'm, yeah. I'm right. going to take it. You know, it's that's mine. Part of the problem is that uh, you know everyone is very protective, and you know most most seniors walking around are very sharp, and mm -hmm. they manage to accumulate that wealth. 
um, by being smart. So why are why, you know why is the government or why are the rest of the uh, consumer advocates telling them how to live their life? So for the children. See, so he was the proof of concept guy. He, he was proof of concept, and we ran. We put out fifty million dollars in about two years, and uh, then we ran out of mortgage capital. Um, and then our other partners were fighting it amongst themselves at that time. So the life insurance company that a lot. bought them out. Yeah, you do. And, I, and I stayed. Yeah. So yeah. I stayed and ran the company from then on. We, so, ch- we changed so, his name. And so are you the voice of reason guy or you're the uh, I stay guy or I'm the uh, I'm the calm guy and the storm guy? Pro- probably. Yeah. I mean, our, <laughs> our, our partners got pretty exercised and there was an obvious uh, compromise to make to keep the company going. And, and you know, they, instead they, you know, threw the gave the ultimatum and the ultimatum, you know, when you give those, it usually turns out badly. So I'm, I'm not that type of person. So <laughs> for me, it was like, guy. you know, just stay the course and keep figure it out, you know, see what, when you get dealt something bad, you just keep working with it until it works. How quick did you guys rip through that first 50? Uh, it was right around two years, year and a half. And are you making money at that time? No. Okay. Not operationally, st- no. Okay. You're like, personally. Am I making, yeah, I got a salary, but I mean, but, you know, but I'm, okay. It's not like, yeah, no, you, no. What are you driving no. every day? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I think it was probably driving. If that was early '90s, I think probably a minivan. Got <laughs> 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 that back. No, I think I'm driving a. I think we had a minivan at that point in time, just around all the kids to school and stuff like Got that. Got it. So, okay. You know. So you're not. You're not. You're not. Are you buying watches? No. No. no okay. That's so much later. But okay. I had to, to, to kind of give you a car frame of reference since I assume we all like cars. Is I did when I was the construction company. I had an '88, uh, my first Porsche. Targa, red Targa, and then I had a, and I had an '87 Jaguar XJ12, and some nice cars along. So the like way. that that side car, you yeah. Know, that, that, okay, right, to be a third car type of thing. Not XJ12. Yeah. Yeah. Nice car. Be- beautiful car. Did, yeah, it, did it run it. properly? Ran perfectly. It was, so you got the one. Yeah. I got the, <laughs> you had it. It had, had the air conditioning. You know, it was like $4,000 air conditioning repair that they had to pay for. But no, the car itself was great. And then when the market crashed, I, I kept the Porsche and sold that because the Porsche had less miles. And I'm a Porsche guy, among other things, as well as Ferrari. So Cool. Um, so, so there's this transition, new sort of ownership right new new ownership same management same captain at the helm same general is you he is me now yeah okay so you take over as president i take over yeah what's that first wait how many years are we in now since since you left construction oh well i left yeah i was gonna say i'll run out i left construction in 1990 and we're basically starting the business for real you know in front of customers and selling in 93 and then in 96 was when the 96 is when the other partners so by 96 uh, six years in were you were you the reverse mortgage guy was it a thing yet was there was it was it a like or or in your mind was were you where you know you're going to be um, like, you know, there... we were always a, a week away from being successful and a week away from being out of business. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that you just... Yeah. And did you feel know. that every day? Oh, yeah, absolutely, sure. But you have to stay positive every day. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, in front free, of you don't give up. He's in, the general. In front of your people. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, hard to buy a crazy car when you know you're in that position. Yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> right? Very true. Yeah, very true. <laughs> so, so, 96... It, it, 97, it's starting to calm down, at least the behind-the-scenes turmoil? Yeah, I, basically, we, uh, you know, kind of things did evolve. To answer your question about, you know, the reverse mortgage guys, the FHA came out with a product uh, 
which is lovingly known as the Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, or HECM, which is what you read about in the papers today predominantly, and um, which is a government-sponsored program. And uh, so we got interested in offering that as well. So, okay. we so had, did, did that give you legitimacy? It gives you legitimacy. Or was it competition? Well, the, that, that's a good question. And um, my attitude was uh, we want to offer whatever's in the marketplace so the customer gets the best product. Yeah. And, you know, that way you're serving the customer. And from a pragmatic standpoint, you've paid all that money to get in front of a customer. I want to walk out with some sort I'm of I'm making sale. a deal. Right. I'm making I a deal. I need to make a deal. Our, our chief competition at that time was Transamerica Home First, who also had a proprietary product, and they, which is very high margin to them. And they elected not to offer the FHA product. And uh, basically, they ended up going going broke because you know people would start asking about the FHA product and it was better than theirs and so they'd come call us because we offered basically whatever was in the marketplace as well as our proprietary product so um, that was, was Transamerica that was from the, the pyramid building, yes sir. The pyramid mm-hmm. building mm-hmm. okay yep those boys fly by, fly by night so <laughs> so in order to get into the FHA business then we actually bought a small FHA shop in uh, Sacramento because I didn't want to have to learn FHA I just bought some we just bought one instead so we had a core core group that was very knowledgeable on government loans and that kind of formed our first you know government you know finance arm so to speak and and, and so this product starts selling 98 a good year or 99 a good year yeah 99 has got to be starting to be a, a pretty good year well we we kind of did some strategic moves uh in that i started acquiring other regional lenders that were in there to try to make a national footprint and in 1999 transamerica decided to get out of the business because uh, they were losing money and so uh uh I managed to get uh, Lehman Brothers to purchase the assets, which were mainly mortgages, that they, they wanted to sell. And basically, I got the company uh, for free, which is what I wanted. And uh, the operationally, they had a lot of good people. They had, you know, we still got their products, but from there, and that, that uh, along with some of the other acquisitions, kind of put us really on the map in, in, uh, in the world of reverse mortgages. So that, that, that time, were you always thinking, in, in, you were thinking national, not regional? I just think or incrementally, step yeah. by step, when an opportunity presents itself, you know, does it make sense? Take it. It wasn't because it sounds like you're very conservative and pragmatic and and, right. and logical. But to take those sort of gifts, if we could call them that, mm-hmm. and also think I want to attack the world is is like two different guys. You know, like oh, I want to take over the world, but I'm also this very very logical. Right conservative planner you have to so plan for the downside it's, it's, you know, it's young, neat to hear that you can wear both hats like hey I'm, I'm conquering the country and do what you do just don't take yourself out of the game I mean that's the bottom line you know whatever you're doing is you've got to be able to have it fail and still be in business have a backfill have a, yeah exactly and uh, fortunately yeah. with um, because we sold the loan portfolio to uh, Lehman Brothers is we made a bunch of money, so I was able to put several million dollars in our company for the coffers for to the, finance for the, the, young, for the younger money? for no, the I'm younger just, listeners. Lehman Brothers used to be a bank in yeah, New York. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, used to be. Did um, you, that was Dick Fold, right? That was Dick Fold. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the, um, what a, what a yeah. bad name. Oh, it's a, yeah, exactly. So yeah, their, their VP went to you know flew by helicopter to the office every day. And it, it was a different world back then. But but truthfully, they got enthused about the business. 
business because we did the first reverse mortgage securitization with those loans and they made a lot of money. Right. So then they said, okay, we, we need to back this business. So they bought out the insurance company portion and basically then we became a Lehman subsidiary with just me and them. Because they look at other- what, what year is this? That is in uh, 2000. And, and is that sort of the big for your company, for you guys, like, oh, shit. Like, did you go buy a Rolex? Yeah. Did you buy a Rolex presidential? Like, was it that one where you're like, oh, we're going to be okay? Well, yeah, you think you are. But, you know, again, you're, when you're working with the Wall Street firm, God love them because they're very successful and they're good. But, you know, their attention spans are that of a gnat, you know, <laughs> and their patience is even less. And uh, so right away, and they were in the subprime business, uh, which was making money hand over fist. Mm -hmm. And we were making a little money. Um, but they made a lot of money off the assets we produced. So as an operating company, we produced a little bit of profit. They bought the assets, and then they made buckets of money out of the assets. Sure. So, um, so they did like us, but not as much as they liked the, the subprime yeah, guys. Yeah, I just, I just sure. heard a thing the other day. Uh, banks like that, and this guy was specifically talking about VCs. He's like, if they, they invest in 10 companies. They don't want 10 companies. They're, they're not expecting 10 companies to succeed. Right. They're expecting one to do 100x and nine to fail. Mm -hmm. right. And they don't care if it's you. Right. Right. So they're putting, okay, wait, sure. we're back in gym. Right. But if he's not the one that's going to cross the finish line, we no longer give a shit about him. Yeah. Because we have the one over here that's gone to a multiple that of craziness that, that's that's very true and they you know we've had debates with them all the time because they were making so much money on the product and the securitization market we said if you would not be quite so uh, greedy mm -hmm. and you made the product more competitive we could produce more volume you know like anything else and they never bought that they wanted to stay you know at the high end of it so uh, um, but that was the thing and so then not the take you on a path you don't want to go down to but by 2004 mm -hmm. they basically said you're not making enough money because we're not producing enough assets our business our, our industry isn't growing fast enough so we're going to sell their shares which they did and two, four, 2004 was a good year 2004 was a good year. that's the year yeah. we met yes it was <laughs> that's when i bought the ferrari when i sold part of my stock out of that sale yes, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. that's when i bought the first ferrari so what so what was that like what was that 2000 when all of a sudden you make that deal because I don't know you as well as Pat but you're not buying I, I know you well enough that you're not buying a Ferrari that if tomorrow right it, all the boxes are checked right it's kind of right. you're that type of cat so what boring <laughs> hey you still buy a Ferrari right so I, I, I don't I don't recall him asking for finance <laughs> no, no. we we for 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 years that's yeah. that's always been our joke you know lots yeah. of guys use it, the the what are the, the the leverage and all that shit but it's always been you know who the big dog is when he comes in and, and strokes a check yeah. doesn't matter right because so back to that. What yes. was that? What was that like selling that stock? It, it you know, it was the first time, and, and Lehman Brothers started paying well. The good news is when you are part of a Wall Street firm, they pay their people well. So my finally my, you know, salary and bonus started, you know, paying for two kids in college at the time at private schools and yeah. you know, surviving that. Um, as such, you're not getting rich, but you're feeling much more comfortable on a day-to-day -day basis. And then uh, I sold just part of my stock when we sold. Um, when Lehman Brothers sold, and I put uh, a really nice chunk of change in the bank, and uh, that is a breathe easy. You know, yeah, like that, if everything goes to hell tomorrow, I 
probably, I'll say, could retire. You're not going to at that age, and you don't right. want to. But the bottom line is you're you not You can move to New Mexico and retire, right, <laughs> yeah, or something so. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, um, so that is that is a relief. And then it also allows, um, you know, to be a little more aggressive with the business as well. You know, then, then you can do some things. So uh, actually, prior to that, in 2001, we actually bought our largest competitor. So, you know, by that time, we were pretty big in the industry. And so with the additional capital and the support from the new owner we were able to grow even further and was was that at the time uh like the m&a stuff of buying the the your competitor was that down to you or did you have a team doing that or how's that uh it's pretty much down to me you know i mean i have a team we hire some really good lawyers and you know get our accountants involved and all that kind of stuff and And is it crazy is it crazy like uh your math background in play or is it still just kind of like two guys sitting at a table doing a deal? Uh, you know, it's a small industry and everybody knows each other, so it's a little bit of both. I mean, but, you know, when we when we bought that company, which was financed by Lehman Brothers, you know, you got all their support system on the math side, you know, and the analysis of the assets and what you're buying. And so for me, it was more like, how are we gonna combine this company that's bigger than ours? You know, we've got- What, what, we've was, got that, what was that company? That company is called Unity Mortgage out of Atlanta, Georgia. And, and our name at that time was Financial Freedom Senior Funding Corporation. And you folded into Financial Freedom? We folded into Financial Freedom, yeah. One name, one company. One name, one company. Yeah. National Footprint, largest, 55% market share. Wow. When, when you started this company, how many employees did you have? Three. Three. What, what, what's the, at, at this time, or, you know, back what we're talking about, uh, that time, 2000, where were we at? 2006, 2008, something like that. Failure 2004. Four. Yeah. How many employees? Probably 700. 700, okay. Yeah. Um, how many employees with the company now? Uh, well, the company actually uh, went out of business. That's an even longer story. I'll take you about three more of these sessions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, and you'll be soundly asleep by the time I get done. But at, at, at its peak, uh, just fast forward a little bit, because uh, we sold, Lehman Brothers was bought out by IndyMac Bank in 2004. And uh, we were a subsidiary of IndyMac Bank. We did very well. Um, and then in 2006, uh, 2007, IndyMac bought my stock out, mm-hmm. and uh, and I retired. And How about the, at that time? Time, How about the timing? There. How about the timing? Yeah. So, right. so uh, right. That was <laughs> ten seconds before the world ends. <laughs> the only bad news is when you put it in the markets and the world sure. ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know. Uh, uh, forgot what I was going to say about that, but we had 2,000 employees at that time, and we did about 100,000 transactions a year. So, how many of those uh, initial, when you're you and three other employees, how many of those employees stayed with the company, and what was the tenure like of those uh, employees? Well, one one of them, which was our uh, CFO, I didn't I didn't get along with, so she left. That was basically our our CFO, me, and and an executive assistant, and the. Uh, uh, the executive assistant ended up going out in the field as a loan officer, and she's still at it today. And I'm actually having lunch with her on Friday. So oh, wow. this is employee two, three, or four? Yeah, yeah exactly. Employee three, yeah. And that's Jeez. fucking awesome. Man. So yeah. that's what, 22 years? Oh, no. yeah. And she yeah, came yeah, from yeah. the construction 30. business, so I've known her since the 70s. Wow. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's for, you know, I don't want to speak for Pat, but that's the Please kind of don't. stuff that we, that we love, right, is, is it's not just about making a freaking buck. Right. No, Making no, not a, it's, at all. It, it's it's okay. You're not UNICEF. You're here for profit. Right. But taking care and it, taking your people with you. And I think the other part of it, which which is lost, is uh, when we're talking about the product. We're talking about people. It's not just 2,000 employees. It's the you know, you know, 
two, three hundred thousand senior families we helped. And you know what, what the uh, press does not cite or the statistics in the government's own survey that show the satisfaction rate is ninety percent. And if you look at the unscripted videos that all the companies take of where people are interviewed afterwards, voluntarily, not paid anything, no scripts, and they will tell you, I sleep better at night, I'm enjoying myself, I see my grandkids, I've put some money away for them for college. But, you know, the, one of our salespeople said, I don't, when they ask what I do, I say I change lives. And that's really what it does for people because it makes their retirement safe and secure. And, and then, unfortunately, that's lost on a lot of the, a lot of is, the media folks. Is yeah. there a... Yeah, and is the there commercials a, and stuff. And, yeah. Well, is yeah. there a, a, without it not being, a, I, I don't really love the word pitch, but is there a, a three-minuter, like, of what you would tell somebody? So, you know, one of our many millions of listeners <laughs> <laughs> it's it, you know there's several different angles you can you can you can take uh you can take with that i think in reality you know it's it's been painted uh by the media as a high cost loan of last resort and mm-hmm. that's not correct um and in fact now the people that are looking at these products are high net worth investors the same way you would take your stock portfolio and maybe margin it in order to buy something else that gives you a higher return than your cost of funds on your margin line you do it with the house. I mean, if you look at the first house you bought, you probably put 10 or 10% down, but you got 100% of the appreciation on a 10% down payment. Mm-hmm. So here's a way to take cash out of your house tax-free, which is not like selling. If you want to you make $150,000 or you need $150,000, now you got to sell or $200,000 of stock to get $150,000 after tax. You can get the money out tax-free. And it increases your basis in your in your home. So, from an estate tax purpose, if you reduced your estate tax, so that that's not the standard pitch. To be honest, with you. that's mm. your high net worth, but it's showing the utility yeah. of the product that's there, as well as you know, for the person who needs it to you know, pay the bills, the house, yeah. pay the bills, things like that, as such, or or just make life better. You know, it's like why if I wanted to give money to my grandkids and you know I didn't have other assets, why not take it out and give it to them now mm-hmm. or to my kids now when I'm alive and we can all enjoy it. Versus waiting for me to be dead, and then and then it gets whacked and whacked and whacked, right? Or in a midwestern mindset, you're in western Pennsylvania where I grew up. Uh, You own your home, you live in squalor, you live on nothing. You wait for your month, your social security check to come to go buy groceries, and your kids will benefit from the house, right? And you're living not enjoying your life, so you could. You could, and, and you could flip that and actually enjoy your life. You can enjoy your life. And one of the, one of the myths about this, and there's several, is that the kids are against it. The kids want the inheritance. And our experience in 98% is the kids want the parents to live a good life. Hell yeah. And they don't want, if anything, they don't want the parents to come to them and say, I need money. So you, do, you take everything you've got and you enjoy your life. You know, provide for yourself. Take your home equity. Kids don't go want, to Vegas. Kids don't want <laughs> houses. Everyone thinks the kids want houses. Well, the kids aren't 25 and 30 years old when their parents usually die. The kids right. are 60 years old 50, when their 60, parents die. Yeah. They've already had a couple houses and they're empty nesters. Right. So you know, unfortunately, you know, the media doesn't think through a lot of this to where the applicability of the product is. But so it, it it sounds very hard to sell something that makes a lot of sense, but the 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 masses are against you. The, the media often uh, gets the facts wrong. And they're, head, well, they're headline, and they're headline seekers. And they're headline seekers. And so, believe it or not, our industry, which was funded by those of us who were lenders, we basically financed a huge public relations campaign in the early 2000s 
to educate the media. Mm. We can do it one-on-one. Guess what they don't want to do. And, and we actually got very successful. All the articles were positive, and, and then, the, then the market took off, and that's why the volume was at its highest peak through that 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 period. And, uh, and then gradually, over the course of time, everyone, you know, again, you got new people and don't pay attention to the, to the details as such. But it's, uh, you know. But that's a, that's a hard pitch. I have a car in, in inventory. It's a 1964 Apollo 5000 GT. Italian-built car, built by three guys in Oakland, California, American engine. Mm-hmm. They made 88 of them until they went bust. I was at a car show like two months ago, and a guy, it's an Italian car show, and the guy's like, what's this? So I spend 10 minutes telling him. He goes, wow, it's got to be hard something. It's got to be hard selling something you have to explain all the time. <laughs> and that, that is the challenge, yeah. It's a very, like, like, that's it. It's a very simple concept. Yeah. You know, basically, it's too simple. It's but then when you have to, you know, of course, you know, the, like any mortgage, it's got 278 pages of, yeah. of, of stuff shit. that people yeah. have to read and disclosures that don't apply and things like that. So, um, you know, it's intimidating to to 75 or 75 year old or 70 year old. Sure. But you're finding that the the age curve is coming down. You know, people that yeah. are in their early 60s or pre-retirees even are looking at these products. So it's 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 coming and it's going to be coming through the financial planner channel. There's some compliance issues there, of course, but um, the reality of it is, you know, financial planners should be using home equity when they look at the assets to plan retirement for people. Why not? It's right, often, right. you know, probably it's, a third of most people's net worth. It's, it, yeah, it's there. You know, and it's there to be utilized to provide for retirement safely. And this is the whole point. You can stay in as long as you want. You can die in the house. All you have to do is maintain, maintain it and pay property taxes and insurance. That's it. Mm. And all you ever owe is the money you borrowed plus whatever the rental, uh, sorry, not rental, the interest accrual is at the time. People used to think, oh, well, I lose I, my house. I lose my house. And it's right. the opposite of that. It's just a loan. You pay it back. Yeah. And you can pay it back. You can refinance it. You can, the kids can put up the money. You can sell it and then divide the leftover proceeds with the kids, whatever. Hmm. I have I, uh, changed subjects real quick. Sure. Um, so you're a president of a couple companies for a very long time. Mm-hmm. What, what, if, you, if you sit down on a, in, a, in a chair by yourself and gla- grab a glass of wine, What's what's like uh, one or two high moments? What are what's one or two like shit moments? Because <laughs> you all think about there's them. There's a you know, whole you th- lot more shit moments than there sure. are high, high <laughs> moments or such. I that's think why that's why the high moments are good. By the, the, the way, high, yeah. high moments are good. You're right. I, I think you know, um, you know, certainly when we actually finally got into business, I liken it to you know practicing for the Super Bowl for two years and then finally getting the game to start. Right, so, right. so that's that's that's, 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 that's feel a high cool. point. I think when we bought Transamerica Home First, that that took eleven months and three weeks, and was just a torturous process. And we, and we like I said, and we, was there we a, when that happened? Like the closing, was it like? Was it at Fleming Steakhouse and you? No, this is this or was is was it like th- celebratory or this is, order this a is special real, bottle of wine or? No, this is the real. This is how life really is for a lot of people. Okay, but we had our bankers who who flew in from Chicago. We had our lawyer in from Washington D.C. Uh, we were in San Francisco in the building next to the Pyramid because that's where they were headquartered, and you know, and then we got Lehman sitting in New York, and well, one guy from Lehman was out with us, and. Um, you finally get done, and of course, Transamerica is like, "Great, thanks, bye. We got our money. We're out of here. You know, they're gone." <laughs> my, my, you know, my banker says I got to get home to my kids, so I'm catching a flight to Chicago. The Washington D.C. guy says I'm meeting somebody for dinner. So basically, I go to the airport and I pick up Taco Bell on the way home. <laughs> Are you kidding? At, at 10 o'clock at night, I walk into the door and said, "Yeah, we finally closed. I'm going to have my tacos now." No, are you swear really? To God, swear oh, to God, truth. I yeah. Love it. I love no, it. like Charlie. Uh, what is it, Charlie Danko? No, no. Or, and a, Gary and Danko. A, and Gary Danko and a 
a bottle of Lafitte or nah, something? Nah, yeah. Not wow. like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> then, uh, so that's a highlight. Obviously, when we sold to... But that's, uh, that's, that's actually pretty freaking Well, cool. it's a great story to tell 30 years later. Yeah, <laughs> right? At the time, you're like, fuck. But yeah, that's a great story. That's a wonderful so, story. Yeah. So, I mean, you just, you just go on. You know, I used to say in the real estate business, by the time you finish and close a deal, which you would often mean just buy the land and build a building and sell it or finance whatever you're so tired it's yeah. like i just let's just get on closing dinners never really happen you know right. because you're all just move on to the next thing and you're busy and fatigued so and you just have to take satisfaction and you know in the journey you know of along the way so yeah. you know the moments are nice i mean yeah for the when, we, when i did my first stock sale and had a nice slug of cash in the bank i probably dialed the you know B of A number a hundred times. Yeah, did, your <laughs> checking account balance is, you know. Right, right, Those right. are fun, you, you know. You print out the receipt and look <laughs> yeah, at yeah, it. About that. You send it to some kid yeah. in high school with a middle <laughs> finger drawn, <laughs> drawn on it. The, 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 <laughs> fax it to a bunch of people. Right, the yeah. girl that said no. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. So anyway, when, yeah. When, when did you walk in the watch store? Ooh, uh, you know, that probably, believe it or not, I got started, my wife bought me a Panerai. And my grandfather always had watches he played around in his shop all the time he had trays of like paddock philippe pocket watches and things really like yeah that, oh I, my I ended up with one after he died but god love him but um, so i always saw these things but really never got there and then in 06 my wife actually bought me a panerai to start as uh, as a present and um and then uh, when we got married later that year she bought me a paddock and i just started going down what calatrava what was it? what's that it was the uh oh god no this is terrible when I can't remember. Um, you can no. make it up. I'm not no, I can't. It. It's not the <laughs> Calatrava. No, it's the cheese. It's the, Nautilus. No, not Nautilus. Oh boy, this is you terrible. Have a, you don't have, have a Nautilus, couple of, do you? Pardon me. You have a Nautilus? No, I do not have a Nautilus. Yeah, and I look at you and I'm like, man, Mahoney ain't flossing no, a Nautilus. That's an annual calendar so, guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I just started down the path, and you know, we got to know the people at you know, particularly like at um, what's now Hyde Park Jewelers, you know, and uh, so whenever they you know would have a watch show or something, we. Who, who, who was traditional? Uh, that was what traditional. was his name? Um, Acre. Uh, yeah, half yeah, Acre. Half, yeah. Marion yeah. Half Marion Half Acre. Yeah, what a wife. nice guy. Yeah. Nice, very nice guy. So they did a lot of watch things. That's like how I got my uh, uh, my Lang yeah. know, type of thing uh, as such. You know, um, you know. so just started collecting along the way and then stopped at some point. But, you know, just because you have more than you can have. But, uh, yeah. But you wear them all. Oh right. yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's nothing in a wrapper in a, in the, in the vault. The only wrapper that's in the vault is the celestial. Oh, mm. oh, yeah. that'd be so cool to wear though. Yeah, it would be. I, I mean, know. it's just spectacular. Yeah, yeah. It is spectacular. <laughs> I kept waiting for the right occasion to use it, and I haven't found. So it. I'm uh, surprised you're not wearing it tonight. <laughs> well, the, you know. <laughs> so uh, I have. That, that's why you I, got I, the, I, the, I, the I, fit I, bit. Yeah, we got uh, the middle yeah. finger. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, no. Put it on the record that. Uh, Jim just showed us his Apple Watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, a fit, Fitbit. Fitbit. Or a Fitbit. Yeah, Same yeah. damn no, thing. No, it's not. really isn't. Uh, You're so, going to be sued now. Uh, in 04, yeah. I'm sitting on Baker Street at the Ferrari store. It's true. Um, and the guy that owns our flatbed company, you know, trucks. He trucks our broken cars around. Mm-hmm. He comes in wearing a Celestial. Oh, <laughs> And I'm like, what the hell? What the hell is yeah. that? He goes, oh, it's Celestial, you know, uh, uh, I forget the reference number, but he was, yeah. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> He's wearing it. Yeah. And it, and it, it's, it's like a, a watch you should wear because it's unbelievable. It is but unbelievable. I get why you don't wear it. Right. Yeah. But 
man, why save it for the next guy? Yeah, no, that's true. So, <laughs> but so, so far, you know, I've I've kept it in the kept it in the vault for the, for the most part. Yeah. I take it out every once in a while, but reality of it is. But all the others I wear, you oh, know, depending cool. on occasion and well, things like it, that. That's so, great. Yeah, I great. love yeah. it. So yeah. so what we do here, kind of. I know you've listened to the podcast, but I always like to reiterate the sort of the spirit behind this is we want our kids and all kids to hear that, hey, guess what? Doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> right? Yeah. You don't get a celestial overnight. No, right? You don't no. get a Ferrari overnight. No. It takes a long time and you're fucking blown out, right? right. You lost right. your business and, yeah. and rebuilt the business. So, yeah. so quick. You're talking to you know a 16 year old kid who's got a short attention span. What do you say to look, him? And they're looking at Twitter and TikTok. Yeah, they so want to yeah. be famous. Like, what's your 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 go to telling them? You know, hey, life lesson or something. Sort of. You know, um, I, I think there's a lot of things. I think humility is a good start. I used to tell our people, don't believe your own press clippings. Yeah. You know, that's, as soon as you do, you're probably going to fail, you know, because now all of a sudden you think you're hot shit and mm -hmm. you're not, you know, and you know, my father's little axioms of, you know, when you're at the top of the class, which I was blessed to be, the only one way to go and that's down. So you have to keep working at it. So you just can't take things for granted. You just have to keep, you know, stay humble, appreciate the people that help you get where you're going. You know, mm -hmm. we were very blessed with uh, uniting people around our, our mission at the reverse mortgage business of financial freedom. And they, we all pulled on the same end of the rope and everybody was very successful. So I think it's just perseverance. You know, you can't get too high or too low and uh, you just have to be patient and you're going to get dealt a bad hand and you just have to play it. Mm -hmm. You know, and just make, make one of the my best favorite of sayings: run a marathon, not a sprint. Right? right. It's you a marathon. Keep, yeah. You just keep going. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we had like the real estate business was doing very well and it crashed and burned before the market crashed. I mean, it was a more of an internal problem we had. So it's like I'm thinking, you know, life's good. I'm, you know, I'm however old I was in 1990, 37 years old. And we're mm -hmm. building a nice net worth and we own these buildings. And the next thing I know is I'm home every day, like you said. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, you know, and I mean, fortunately, my kids were raised before all the social media and a lot of the mm -hmm. things that are there. And you see the ability to get very rich very fast now. You know, basketball players are making $50 million a year. You know, some Seems singer, like everybody is, right? Yeah, some singer, you know, puts out one song that's worth $100 million. It's like, you know, these numbers are astronomical. So Crazy. it's hard to, you know, get them grounded in, in it's... You know, I, I'm I like baseball. I said that earlier. I'm a fan of small ball. You know, it's a it's mm -hmm. a it's a walk. You bunt him over to second. Yeah. You get he steals third, and you get a Mike Gillespie slide. ball. Yeah, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's you know this this hitting home runs just leaves you striking out a lot. So you just have to to stay work very, how, how old are your kids, Jim? Uh, they are 42 and 40. Grandkids? One six-year-old granddaughter. Yes. Cool. A six? Pardon me. How old? Six years old. Six years old. Six years old, yeah. Uh, how, how's how's uh, being a grandpa? Oh, it's fabulous. It's great. Greatest thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, says Everybody says it. I can't, I can't wait, but I'm can't very happy great. to yes. wait. Yes, yeah. My brother has 14 grandkids. Oh. So what the hell? Yeah. He, he needs to buy TVs <laughs> this Christmas. <laughs> he needs he's, a party. He's usually board. pretty fatigued by the end of Christmas. Christmas night, he usually calls what and says, okay, I'm dead. How many yeah. kids? He had five kids. Oh, okay. Holy cow. I didn't know your brother was a Mormon fellow. No. 
but uh, so you know, just uh, you know, we're, we're just very blessed across the board, and there are ones in Pasadena and ones in. Uh, well, that's great. We'll send you the link to this, and you send it to all seventy-five of the children, so they can, <laughs> they, they can listen. They can listen to you. Yeah, I think I don't want to tarnish. You know, I've been blowing smoke at them for quite a right. while. I don't want to have them see the real Uncle Jim, you know, or whatever. So, so, so. Now tell us, tell us how would how would somebody you know, you know our listeners in Florida or our retired Peru, listeners, Peru. How do they how do they find the company that you're on the board of and, and or or do they? No, they don't really because it's okay. really a, a subsidiary and just as an asset holder of, of the company. Hey, hey um, sounds like somebody's uh, retired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like somebody's off the grid. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, you know, I've, they're they're they're. Well, you know. how, how would I go about how would I go about finding a reverse mortgage? Well, that's pretty simple, to be honest with you. The largest lender uh, uh, in the country is AAG, which is based in Irvine, California. The um, company is uh, run by a gentleman by the name of Reza Jehangiri, okay. and uh, he's a good friend of mine. I respect him greatly. Uh, runs a very good company, very straightforward. Oh, that's company. nice to hear. And they're national, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and candidly, I could give you a, a whole laundry list. There's no one in that industry. It's a very strange industry because everybody would share. Everyone realized that the only way they had to raise the tide to raise all the boats together. And so... Not like the rest of the industry, No, huh? it's not like... We call it the forward mortgage, which is the traditional mortgage industry like you or I would get today. And, um, and it's entirely opposite. Those people are, are very successful, but we're, we're different than that. So we're, yeah. people try to come into our industry and they leave because it's just so foreign to them as such. So, you know, there's, there's wonderful companies What's out raised, there. Well, I just read about raising OCBJ. What's his last name? Uh, Reza, it's, it's, I always butcher it, I apologize. It's Jehangiri, J-A-H-A-N-G-I-R-I. A-E-G. A-A-G. A-A-G. American okay. Advisors Group. Okay, yeah. They used it, they put on the Tom Selleck commercials on television and, uh, oh, yeah. and such. And so, yeah, I, they're, they're definitely a, uh, a, a certain a great company. There's, there's many others. There's, there's, a, there's, there's a fellow here in town that owns a bunch of restaurants. A uh, really cool guy. He's great. Uh, epic bar and coffee house on Lido. He's been around forever. He went to Harbor High in like the 50s, right. 40s or something. His uh, his uh, college roommate was Tom Selleck. Oh, okay. Like, it was him and... Who's the guy? Steve Lewis, who owns Blue Beat. Yeah. And Alta Coffee and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that was his buddy. And still is his buddy. They're, they've been great friends yeah. uh, forever. And, and Steve's like 5'5", five, five, mm-hmm. Selick Selick, and they grew up together. And I hear all these yeah, great he's, stories. He's, right. he's a very down-to-earth guy. Yeah. So, he sounds yeah. good. Sounds yeah. like a cool guy. He is, yeah, very much so. Freaking awesome. Hey, we're wrapping up, Jim. Thanks, man. What a what a, what a what a great. Are you still awake? <laughs> no, super awake. And, and, and motivated and fired up. This is what, this is the epitome of why we do this because it's really exciting to hear regardless of the what's in between we want to hear from the beginning to success right and that's what we're celebrating entrepreneurs and being successful good segue into the christmas season doing it the right way our yeah our last podcast of the year Uh, the last Uh podcast of 2021 i'm honored hey thank you for coming yeah thanks Thanks for having me appreciate it all right keep doing it guys happy new year merry christmas